Dr. Call, thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. Uh, first of all, the big CDC announcement today that uh, you no longer have to wear masks if you are fully vaccinated anywhere, indoors or outdoors. How does this jibe with individual states that are still having mask wearing mandates, uh, limits on attendance, limits on how many people can be inside or whatever? If this is the rule of the country, how can it be different than the rule of the state? Yeah, it's very confusing. I mean, I think uh, you know, states can make other rules and that those are rules that they can, you know, enforce if they, you know, if they choose to. But it does create a lot of confusion for people, for sure. Well, medically, if it's safe in one situation, shouldn't it be safe? If it's safe for the country, shouldn't it be safe for the state? Yeah, I think there are some some subtleties. So one of the things that... Um, really informs uh, the need for mask wearing and other uh, measures to prevent uh, transmission is, you know, how much COVID is circulating locally. So in places uh, that you may locally or throughout a state see a significant increase, it, you know, it may be reasonable to reinstitute some of those measures. Hopefully that won't happen. Um, but, you know, there's a pretty big difference in the rates of COVID at, in different parts of the country and somewhat a, a difference in the rates of people who are vaccinated. I think the other issue that is just important to keep in mind, and by the way, overall, I think, you know, I think this is great news as people can kind of see, you know, moving back towards normal because these vaccines are, you know, so incredibly effective. Um, uh, but but one concern, and it, and it may be particular to the kind of work I do, is for, for folks who are immunocompromised, maybe because they've had a bone marrow transplant, a solid organ transplant, they have autoimmune diseases like, like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis um, and are on immunosuppressive medications. The vaccines, unfortunately, may not work as well for those uh, folks. And so when they're in situations indoors where there's a lot of unmasked people, you know, this would in potentially increase the risk of those people getting COVID and, and being at high risk. So, you know, there are some subtleties uh, uh, regarding an individual's uh, right. risk if they get COVID as well. Well, the COVID rates nationally have been dropping dramatically. Absolutely. And so have the deaths. Uh, here in Michigan, we seem to be an anomaly for whatever reason. Um, but are we seeing signs of what people call herd immunity? Isn't this how herd immunity behaves when the, the, the virus doesn't have as many hosts as it, as it used to, that you start to see these numbers plummeting? Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely what we're starting to see. So um, I, I think we can all just be really thankful that uh, we got really lucky. Uh, maybe the only lucky thing with this whole pandemic is that we got vaccines that seem to be very, well, that are, we know they are very, very effective. Uh, they work a little bit less well against some of these variants, but they still seem to work based on the information we have against these variants. Because, you know, if we didn't have that, and that's a big part of what creates, uh, you know, these falling rates, if not the major um, component of it, uh, you know, we, we would be having a huge problem right now because of the way these variants spread so quickly. So, now, yeah, I, wanna, I think that's exactly what we're seeing. I want to ask you about younger people now the vaccine has basically been approved for kids from 12 to 15 i imagine it's just a matter of time before they start going down to 8 to 12 or something like that what 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 are the concerns for parents and what are legitimate concerns about w w the younger their child gets the uh 
less likely they perhaps might need this vaccine? And are there potential threats of a vaccine, any vaccine, to children that are not the same threats to adults? Sure, yeah. So when you look at especially the the mRNA vaccine, so the Pfizer, the Moderna vaccine, you know, we're about 150 million doses in there, you know, our studies in children, the Pfizer vaccine goes down to 16 years old. And except for the uh, occasional allergic reaction, and that's, you know, sort of a one in a million thing, a severe allergic reaction, usually within a half hour or so of getting the dose, we're just not seeing problems from the vaccine outside of the, you know, the sore shoulder, the fevers and things like that. And so on the risk side, because everything's a risk benefit calculation, you know, it seems to be very, very low. It's also absolutely true that for um, children in that age group, their risk of um, a severe or poor outcome with COVID is also very, very low, you know, so the benefit to that child is a lot less than the benefit to an 80-year-old. So I, I think you have to balance those things. But overall, if you sort of just do the math and you look at the thousands of cases of this funny inflammatory syndrome that can be really severe in children, um, you look at some of the other uh, kind of long COVID and other things that have been reported in, in teenagers, um, you know, I think overall for most parents, uh, if they looked at the at the evidence, they would uh, likely conclude that the the uh, benefit outweighs the risk for the kids, especially as they start thinking about you know summer camps and sports and other activities for that age group, which is just so important for them. Um, you, you know, being vaccinated will will prevent outbreaks in those settings and hopefully allow you know things like summer camps to keep fingers right. crossed, you know, go on like normal. Right. And now that you don't need to have a mask outside, yeah. you know, it'll be a lot more normal. Of course, it was only a couple of weeks ago that CDC was telling people that if you go to summer camp, you have to wear a mask everywhere. So the consistency of their, their uh, updates uh, needs to be updated. But let me ask you about how, how young will we go with this vaccine? I mean, are we going to get to the point where they keep pushing and they're going to say two-year-olds should get it? Well, I know there are ongoing trials in younger children, and we'll have to see you know, what those trials uh, show. Um, and, you know, I think as kids, as, as, as the ages get younger and younger, um, uh, you know, it'll be hard to know until you actually have some clinical data. But I think it's worth, worth looking at. And, you know, you start off with a clinical trial and you see if it works and you see if there are any unexpected side effects and kind of make decisions from there. What about the J&J vaccine? I, I see that now that there's about 8.7 million uh, people... Uh, uh, I think that's what the number was. They found like, uh, I don't know, 28 cases of this, of this uh, you know, uh, bad reaction. It had been 7 million people or, or something before that. Uh, is that on par, uh, you know, those numbers of people who are having this clotting issues? Or is that continue to be sort of on par of what they're predicting? Or, or does this make it a little bit more dangerous? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the range of probably about – one in a hundred to one in five hundred thousand people for younger people, and maybe on the the lower end of that range of what is a very um, uh, you know severe uh, syndrome uh, with this clotting business. Um, so it's uncommon. Most of the calculations again show that you know the risk of like the even the risk of this clotting and this this vaccine induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia that is the fancy word for it this kind of clotting and bleeding syndrome is actually much higher in people who get covid 
than it is from the vaccine. But it's absolutely a concern. I will right. just point out it has not been seen. It has not been seen with the mRNA vaccine, so the right. Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. Right. Can you tell me how seven members of the New York Yankees who were vaccinated all now have COVID-19, although they're all asymptomatic? Yeah, so um, the, you know, the protection against severe disease, hospitalization, et cetera. You know, probably if you're an individual, that's what you care most about, right? right. Um, you know, if you get a cold or you get an infection, you don't even know it. I mean, you right. know, who from cares? your personal standpoint, who, right. who, who cares, right? From the standpoint of it spreading around in the community and so forth, that's, that's another issue in terms of herd immunity. But, you know, depending on what variant circulating and which vaccine they got, you know, you have efficacy rates of getting, um, you know, a symptomatic infection of between 60 and 95 uh, percent, you know, when you add in variants. Um, and so probably efficacy against asymptomatic infections a little bit lower than that. And, uh, and, and if you end up yep. getting uh, COVID after you've had a vaccine, even though you're asymptomatic, whatever, do you now have like double antibodies because now you just had COVID plus you had the vaccine in your system? Uh, you know, you'd expect it would be a little bit of a booster. Yep. Especially if it's a variant, you may generate a little bit different immunity. When you have a kind of low-grade asymptomatic infection like that, it may not generate a whole lot of immunity. But uh, but I suspect if we measured antibody levels, you might see a little bit of a of an increase. And finally, quickly, any word on boosters and when they're expecting you know, the, the, the efficacy of these vaccines to run out and people to need another shot? Yeah, so so far we know that at six months they're working fine. Um, uh, I, I suspect that they'll continue to protect against severe disease uh, for many, many months. You know, we don't know that for sure yet. Uh, and uh, I don't think anybody has an answer yet on if and when we'll need boosters. But it certainly wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But I don't think it's, it's not an on-off switch. You know, it's not like all of a sudden someday yeah. you have Oops, no protection. I have no antibodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red light goes off, right? Right. Dr. Daniel Call, thank you as always. Always appreciate your insight. My pleasure. Take care.